0: Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or the property, it's the location and neighborhood, Dalton. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options.
1: That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home.
0: And when we say in-depth, we're talking deep in-depth. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide.
1: They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings and student to teacher ratio they even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent
0: so when it comes to finding a home not just a house a home this is everything you need to know all in one place homes.com we've done your homework the following is a production of dirty mo media
1: something extraordinary here
2: with New Zealand Scott Dixon. He's backed it up with another 2.34. This is phenomenal from Scott Dixon. This is the yardstick at Chip Ganassi racing.
0: Scott Dixon.
1: the six-time champion for a reason he's a living legend the best of the generation 234.4 miles an hour absolutely
2: incredible coming through turn number four scott dixon is going to complete his perfect storm with a win at the indianapolis 500 hey everybody it's dale jr and you're here again for another episode of the dale jr download It's Wednesday, March the 1st, 2023, episode 419, and we got a great guest coming in here. I've got Mike Davis, my co-host, to help me here in the Bojangle studio, usher in one of the legends in motorsports, a living legend. Legend. I mean, this guy is amazing. Scott Dixon is going to be on the show. I cannot wait to get him in here.
3: You win six championships in your career. You are a legend. You are one of the greatest. He's up there, and a lot of his accolades are sitting there with A.J. Foyt and Mario Andretti. You do that. You hang with them two guys, you're a legend. I can't wait. This is gonna be fun. Well, he might not know it, but we're gonna call him an ally. Um,
2: we want to thank Ally for bringing our guest segment to us every week. They do it right, and they are such great supporters of NASCAR, of the Dirty Mo Media brand. And they bring uh, they bring our great guests in here, and and we've been having some great guests thanks to them. And Scott Dixon's no different. We uh, we barely know Scott.
3: That's right. Barely know Have you ever met him?
2: Uh, I believe I did meet him a time or two, going over to the Indy 500 and sneaking around and wandering around in their garage. Right. But I am uh, overexcited to be able to sit down and talk to him today. Um, So let's get him into the studio. Let's do it.
3: My so, Mike, how are you? Pleasure. Here's your chair. Get you your welcome. water if you want that. Thank you. Thank you. No, Connor Daly said this would be the b- best guest we've ever had on the download. <laughs> so this is what we have. Uh, there
4: we go. Connor, eh? Connor yeah. getting in there.
3: He's been sending questions for us to ask you, and none of them seem appropriate. I
4: bet. I bet. <laughs> They're always the best ones, right? Yeah. Actually, he's probably got a little bit of dirt on me. Yeah. I think I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I
2: imagine you've been around as long as you have. Everybody's
4: got a little something. <sighs> I lay pretty low. Do you? Yeah. What I does that What does that low. even mean? Uh, I don't know. I kind of just do my own thing, man. Yeah. You know, I, I I maybe don't get invited to all the you don't you know, the the big con. Well, maybe I do, but I just never well, I never turn up. Good. You know. But okay. So. Well, then
3: let's just lead off with this. He says, "Ask Scott what his favorite after party would have been." What is he talking about here?
4: Oh, I don't know. That could that could. Be, well, there's been a lot of after parties. Yeah. Um, How?
2: So we don't have after parties. You don't? No, no, no. We just put
4: it all in the party. Did Jimmy not tell y'all? <laughs> <laughs> he was always throwing an after party. I
2: know it. That's probably why he loved it so much over there. Because they y'all always y'all race and uh, y'all race at Indy, and then there's this big party in town. There is, typically. Just, and I yeah. would
4: say more so, kind of you know, early two thousands through to like 2012, 14, and then there was a bit of a changing of the guard, and that kind of. Then there was like cell phones and oh, social media, yeah. and I think everybody kind Slow of laid down. off it a little bit more. But <laughs> like the, the, the kind of the early 2000s, man, were, were, yeah. were pretty fun. So where are you from? Auckland, New Zealand. I was actually born in Australia. Right. Yeah. So what? You, when did you move to New Zealand? You were how? Well, with... all my family was from New Zealand. Um, my parents were just working in Australia at the time. Why? Wow. And, then, and then had me. But they... Uh, they and actually I've never asked my dad of, of how it even came about, but he bought a, a speedway track. What is that? Uh like a like a like a dirt track. Yeah. Uh is
2: it d- the flat one with the with the stock cars? So there was uh What is it? Is it dirt like it sprint was, car?
4: Yeah, like I think they did it was mostly saloon cars. So like yeah. um That's you know, like dirt, a... like modified, super modified, that kind of okay. stuff. And then it,
2: so uh I've went over I went over there and went to a couple dirt tracks uh and and it's wing sprint cars and sprint cars. Yeah. And um they had some bombers like four cylinders and street stocks
4: and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's kinda like that. That stuff.
2: And so your your um your dad owned a racetrack.
4: I don't know how much he owned of it. He ran it at least. He ran it. He ran, he ran it. it. Damn. Yeah. So him, him and my mom. So, you know, we kinda lived on yeah. on the site at Townsville Speedway, uh in Australia. Is and, it still and, there? I don't know actually. That's a good question. What's it called? townsville Speedway. townsville yeah you had to google that let's yeah. see if it's still there yeah, yeah. lost speedway it's probably been, <laughs> you know right. it's pro- is that yeah, the exactly. name of the town uh yeah townsville. townsville yeah 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 Yeah. that's pretty cool yeah um so yeah those are my earliest memories but my earliest memories of kind of like doing anything motorized was on a on a, like a motorbike like on yeah. one of those kind of like 50 cc kind of cub kind of little things yeah um and then going through the grandstands after the race and trying to find money. That was my that was my big pay. That paper. people
2: drop money off the chairs right down yeah. in the ball this digging,
4: digging through the cans and the, and the hot dogs, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so is I was kind of surprised uh, when I, I went to Australia in like 06, and I was surprised at how pro- popular oval dirt racing is. Um, big time, man. Yeah. Big I, time. I thought that it was just like most of the world and was strictly like road course – racing uh
4: i would say it was like even most of my you know memories of motor racing growing up were were, like i watched road racing and and you know formula one and indycar on tv but 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 going to the track actually all my saturday nights were at the speedway whether it was Waikaraka park or western springs like we kind of have two in 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 auckland um that you know provide slightly different racing and we probably frequent frequented Waikaraka park more just because my dad raced there yeah um but yeah it's 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 like, I'd say that was most of my summers, man, was, was going to dirt tracks and watching. And it was kind of weird that I never actually did it.
2: Right. You remember um, much about Australia, living there?
4: Not Australia so much. Like, I moved back later in my life, but, um, you know, I kind of have some memories. But I think I moved back to New Zealand when I was five or six. Yep. Um, when did you come back to Australia? Uh, when, when I started racing, so maybe 15, 16, 17. Did you move by period. yourself? Or? I did i did yeah i left home i moved in with uh (laughs) this this 30 year old guy in in melbourne um who is a a friend of kind of a friend of a friend and and that was definitely an eye-opening opportunity man just um in in many ways one that i was you know moved out of home at the age of 15 or 16 to to kind of live by myself with this other person that you know was successful and had his own you know day job so i didn't really see him too much but um that was that was a big deal man what Kind kind of racing were you doing so um went through the junior categories in new zealand kind of from go-karts at the age of seven which started you know from watching my cousins race and then you know just hounded on my parents and they kind of at the end of the day you could jump in a go-kart of of you know uh, one of the people that had been racing have a go and see if you like it and uh you know for me two things happened on that day uh just well i just really won really i just couldn't believe how cool it was to drive something around so fast i thought it was so fast they were called midgets in those days like a little iron horse engine um and that 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 changed my life forever um but yeah so you know race that stuff through junior categories in new zealand and then then move back to australia to race formula holden which was kind of their version of formula 3000 yeah what kind of
2: student were you in school i was actually
4: pretty good i was always a pretty hard worker i'd say you know my best subject was Maths and science and oh. you know that kind of yeah. stuff and then and then my worst was, was probably English.
2: Did that? <laughs> did that? You know, was what was uh, the motivation uh, for you to to have your parents support your racing? Was it good grades? Was it was it chores? I think it was just all motor racing, motor racing. Yeah, it was. Like, it was kind of weird. Like I felt like prob- my- did you? Like, but you probably did things like any kid, pissed your pa- you know, parents off. And like, what were some of the things that? might have uh that might have gotten you out of line
4: i felt like i was i was i was pretty good in doing what i needed to to get through on the schooling side you know yeah. like it, it kind of a lot of it kind of came fairly natural so i was lucky in that aspect and then you know my parents were so deep into motor racing anyway that you know i think we were kind of they were living through me a little bit too as well as, you know, it was kind of a mutual thing. It wasn't just strictly like me hounding them and trying to get it done. You know, Mm -hmm. they were, they were, I felt like my dad was kind of living through me a little bit too and doing stuff that maybe he didn't get the opportunity to do as a kid. What kind of racing did he do? So he did all sorts, man. I think most of it started probably with like, rally a little bit of rally Ford Escorts kind of stuff you know club level and then uh touring car stuff Benson and Hedges days were big down there uh which was was one of the big series and then and then dirt track stuff but dad was never really conventional you know like most of those saloon cars or or um you know bangers or whatever uh you know would be v8 rear wheel drive he would you know build a honda civic front wheel drive and put the big tires on the front and go race and it would just look weird and sounds but that's you know (laughs) that's the the thing that he he would try to not be conventional Mm -hmm. so it was it was um but that you know that was every weekend man just you know kind of during the week watching him work on the car with friends and stuff and then on the weekends you'd go race
3: but when you moved back to australia what were you doing for school then
4: so i'd finished uh like my school certificate, which, you know, you kind of finish through ages 15, 16, and then you have the option to go on to, you know, sixth form certificate and then and then university. So I kind of finished all of my high school level uh, to that period. And then- um, Were you early? um, I was kind of right on time. must be different over there, right? I guess 15 to 16. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, 16, I think is Kind of normal, I don't know. 18-ish, wow. right? 18
3: over here? Yeah. Well, here, yeah. yeah. In some cases, even older than that.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah 18 in New Zealand, you you know, to go on to university, you have to finish, you know, 6th form 7th form. And then and then you go through that. But you can get school certificate 15, 16. This, this
3: seems to be one of those rare situations where we have a really successful race car driver that actually was a good student. I, I don't know that we've ever interviewed somebody like that. Yeah, you, that doesn't match. You, yeah, he yeah. says he liked math and science. What the heck is all this? I,
4: you know, I got through it. I, yeah. think, I think I knew I had to get through it to, to be okay. And, and, like, honestly, the schools worked, you know, really well with <laughs> us. Because, you know, you're, tra- you're traveling a lot, uh, even through the oh, winter yeah. down there. You know, you had a winter series and, and you know, you had the summer series as how well. How old were you when you moved over to the U.S.? Uh, so, it would have been 17, 18. So, you wow. moved to Australia for a couple of years. Yeah. Right. And how
2: – were you looking at the U.S.? Like, that's where I want to be. Um. What were you – what was – so – you land in Australia, put your feet on the ground. In that moment right there,
4: what is the car
2: that you're dying to get into?
4: IndyCar for me, for sure. You know, like I think growing up in New Zealand, it's a very European-based country, mm-hmm. right? So everything I would say, like my posters on the wall would have been Formula One. You know, would right. have been, you know, Senna, PK. It would have been, you know, kind of that era of, of racing. Um, Why didn't you go? Why wasn't your mind going there? <sighs> Well, we were kind of on that way. So like the, the the whole American uh thing um was kind of on the way to Europe. It was kind of bizarrely how it how it happened, yeah. but so thankful that it did.
2: You felt like so mm. in your mind at sixteen, fifteen years old, IndyCar was in was a was a path.
4: Yeah, so. which but I never really got I never really um like, I love motor racing, right? Like, I'm a fan. I'm yeah. a fan of yours. I'm a fan of NASCAR. I'm a f- I am love I, supercars. Like, I, I watch, which annoys the hell out of my wife, I'll, I'll watch Formula E yeah. every night. You know, like, any kind of racing, she's like, oh, my God, like why are you watching that stuff? Yeah. But um, <laughs> it, it it didn't really sink in, I think, until, I think it was 97 or 98, I came to America to watch uh indycar or kart at the time and went just to just on a trip yeah went to vancouver and then uh and then went to uh, laguna Seca um with steve horn who owned tasman racing at the time um and i was just like this is amazing like yeah. it was you know the, the the height of you know jimmy vassar and Zanardi, and you know it was just uh the answers it was the andretti's like it was it was you know i watched it on tv but to actually go and see it i was sh- just shocked how how cool it was. Yeah. Um, so that later turned into, you know, we won the championship in Australia. Then, then, you know, we were going to uh, Europe to test and formula three with, I think with Alan docking maybe at the time. And um, so Kenny Smith, I don't know if you know the name, Kenny Smith, he's like a racing legend in New Zealand. One of my, you know, all time you know, mentors, um, you know, he used to, Racing the New Zealand Grand Prix, he still races. He's 80, I think he's 82 this year. Yeah. He'll be doing the New Zealand Grand Prix or just Damn, did wow. the New Zealand Grand Prix. Um, and he's still he's still really fast. He's only about <laughs> this high, but he's, uh, he's, he's very quick. Um, and he had a mutual friend with Vern Schupin. And then, you know, he had a team with Stefan Johansson, which was an Indy Lights team. And they're like, hey, we're doing a preseason test at Sebring you know can you scratch together some money and and do it and we you know i think we we ended up uh, finding some cash to do it and and uh tested the first day with pack west racing and then the second day with uh stephanie hansen and i think we we're quickest out of about 18 or 20 cars and they're like can we do a deal right now and uh that's kind of how the american path started Literally. never even never even made it to europe yeah uh and Stefan, you know did a management contract on me for kind of you know the rest of my career as such and and, what uh, you yeah.
2: signed a career contract? Wow, well, you know, to manage mani- mani- to to be an agent,
4: yeah, in a yeah. sense, yeah. yeah, with Stefan, and he still manages me to this day. Really? Yeah. yeah.
2: So, I find it fascinating <laughs> when we have when we have um, IndyCar drivers uh, in in the show. A lot of them are uh, even uh, a a lot of them travel all over the world in their path right to get to where they're going they seem to do it so like obviously very eager to get opportunities to go race in other places but i I never really can quite grasp the amount of i guess anxiety stress pressure uh timidness not to get in this other car but to travel to another country right and the culture shock and the adjustment and Maybe it's not as big a deal as it feels like it would be, but I would. Uh, it, I can't help but imagine there's some apprehension of man, I'd, this I'm, or just being fear fear of failure, right? It yeah. not working out. Um, when you're you know back and forth from New Zealand to Australia, it probably was very simple, uh, but um, coming all the way over here to the U.S., I'm sure when you got here and you saw that race and you were watching you know American Motorsports. Uh, you know, firsthand, it was incredible. But when the decision was being made that you got here, you come. You got to yeah. pack your stuff. Here you come.
4: It, it's it's weird. Like, you know, you immediately grasp how small New Zealand is. Um, but it's it's weird in New Zealand too. Like, the first thing anybody does once they get out of school, graduate college, you know, they leave. Yeah. It's it's just kind of why what you because
2: do. it's so. In- I mean, everybody that tells me, so I went, I, I was, I'm going to mention this multiple times, but I have went to, Austra- I went to Australia years ago and had a blast, two yeah, weeks. Yeah. But everybody has told me that I was, uh, I made a mistake by not seeing New Zealand while I was there. We definitely got to take you to in, New Zealand. Because it's, Ameri- I've seen pictures and all, but to be there in person, it's an incredibly beautiful place. Yeah. And, uh, and an awesome, awesome people, awesome everything. Um, so why, why are you so eager uh, to to j- jump out into the rest of the world
4: because i wanted to race man <laughs> that, that's there. what that's what it yeah there is but nothing on a on a level like new zealand has a rich heritage in motor racing right mm-hmm. you know i think the, the biggest is probably you know mclaren was founded by bruce mclaren you know and and you know there was such an era f- through the 50s through 70s 80s that that you know it kind of a lot of things were done in Formula One because of of Kiwis, you know, and it's it's always had that racing uh, heritage that I think is, has been so profound, and especially obviously through my you know my dad's kind of lifetime, I think that was that was really at the top, you know. So for me, it was more on the the tail end of it, but I don't know. Like my brothers and sisters, first thing they would do once they were done with school was go to England, you know, yeah. tour Europe, you know, go to America, yeah, like go it's see just stuff. It's, it's kind of an, a natural but thing, but not go
2: live there, right? Yeah,
4: but it well, no, they do like I couldn't
2: imagine uh, living in another country, yeah.
4: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, that's what it comes down to, right? I
2: couldn't, <laughs> it, it like yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, even if there was something, America
4: has everything though. So you guys even, are very spoiled. We are. Yes, you're very it. spoiled. And I, I, and I, you know, even but when I first came here, like people, like well, you know, in America, were like, "Well, why do I need to travel the world?" And I'm like, "Well, there's lots of different cultures out there, and there's things to see." Yeah. You know, come to New Zealand, like you'll be shocked. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> "Well, like, no, we've got everything here. <laughs> Everything's here." And I'm like, once I've started traveling America, I'm like, "Man, you guys are right. You've got everything here. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a cool yeah. place." You know. But I mean,
2: you know, I've I I had. Uh, um. I guess yeah, we are spoiled. I don't know. I mean, I you know, we, I, me and my wife went to France this yeah. past year, and uh, on the Medi- uh the Mediterranean coast. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if why would you ever leave? Yeah. Right. This is amazing. It's beautiful. The, his, the history, the old, you know, the old, you know, buildings, and yeah. just it's just. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of am. Travel is one thing. Travel is something that Kiwis yeah. do,
4: but then for me, you know, I think, you know, when you're looking at the pinnacles of motor racing, you know, it's either Europe or America. Yeah. And, and, you know, the opportunities are where uh, somewhat abundant opposed to, you know, New Zealand, you you you, you know, it's just not going to happen. So, so
3: when you had that test at Sebring, were you already living in, in the U.S. at that point or were you – because i guess what i'm ultimately wondering is what was on the line with that test at sebring did you think and did you feel like you were racing for your career right now like this was it, this test um. i feel like it was you know i think um, like
4: we we were on the way to europe right like we didn't really have a plan as, as such okay. you know i think for for us at that point you know i was lucky enough that you know my parents were cashed out you know they had you know refinanced their home you know they they they'd got to a period when even when i went to australia in 96, 97, that they, they couldn't fund anymore, which was when we formed, you know, Dixon, I think it was called Dixon Motorsports. I wanted which to ask was you a, about yeah, that. Yeah, that was which good. was a, um, a a group of, I think, 13 or 14 fellow Kiwis business people that, that uh, you know, set up a, a you know, business to, to try and pay for or help, you know, myself along the ways, which… Without that, it never would have been a possibility.
3: Explain that a little more because I I saw this in our notes and I was like, wow, this is unusual. I don't see many people, you know, carving out their path to a professional race car career, uh, driving career this way. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and explain what. Yeah, that was.
4: it was. It was basically.
3: I think my my dad.
4: My dad's full of great ideas, and and you know, I, I hate to say it, but sometimes you know the follow through is is not perfect. Um, but he has amazing ideas. Has his whole life, and and you know, I love him for that. And. Uh, yeah, he basically got to the point where he's like, Man, I can't I can't fund anymore. We've we've leaned on all the people that we could for small sponsorships to do Formula Ford and and those kind of categories. But you know, to get to the next level we need to find something else. And it was him and maybe Peter Johnston and another Kiwi uh, and, and Craig Harris, they kind of came up with the idea of, of starting this investment group, which um, I think it was kind of maybe one of the first of the time, you know, definitely at that point, you know, for motor racing specific. Uh, which we've seen, you know, many people go on and and use that kind of platform, you know, throughout. But uh, yeah, so there was thirteen or fourteen. I would say ninety-five percent of those people were all in it for the positive reasons. And and uh, but you're signing away. I don't even know what it was. Probably fifty percent of my future earnings forever. Um, yeah. stop.
2: So that, that, stop. Hold up right there. So when your dad creates this business entity, this LLC, you agree at that point that for the rest of your career 50% of what you win goes to these investors yeah. even today
4: it was a li- yeah for a li- for a lifetime yeah. i can't remember what the clause was of it was maybe a, a period of time 10 20 years something like that it was it was it basically a lifetime but at that point you know 50% of of nothing was 50% <laughs> of nothing you know, I know and, and 50% but at of some something point, was going to be yeah. you know where i was going to make some money
2: right and so at some point you know, it, these people are re, you know now benefiting from your success. Is that true?
4: Yeah, and and, and very. F- I was very fortunate that um, you know most of the group were in it for the As reasons. As designed, yeah, Cur- for sure, the reasons sure. of yeah. of helping, and they stepped in at the point where you know the contract started to get you know a little uh, a little better. Uh, yeah. They could see maybe future earnings, um, and they basically Potential. just yeah, yeah, you know they and they, it they, did
2: work out for them. It did because this f- is fascinating so I want to say so um scott the there there's really there may be a couple similar kind of pro- programs for for a driver two that I could think of in NASCAR, but there's not I don't think that there's been anything done like this in our industry, and it might be like a as as old as your model is, yeah um it actually might be something that would be um doable. For some of these guys, you know, when they got, when you get enough people that believe, right, uh, they, to have that opportunity to make an investment and to have it have that return uh, down the road. I mean, there's so, it's so hard to get into racing today. Any, any yeah. avenue yeah. is worth searching and seeking out,
4: especially for pure talent.
2: Is that, is that kind of a, a business, an investment model, was that common? Uh, in in your world or in other, have you do you know
4: other drivers you don't have to name them or not but that have you used that type of strategy uh, I think the one I knew mostly was probably Justin Wilson yeah. I think they'd built a similar product like that later you know for his career um, maybe Rossi was something involved yeah. in in something like that it's really um, fascinating yeah but for me like luckily. You know, there were two or three fairly big hitters that could can kind of control the group of people that, that stepped in at the point and were like, hey, let's cut this deal now and you're going to pay back what we've put in. And that's where they stopped oh. it. Okay. So, And huh. then the only thing they asked was that, in, with future drivers, is that you also help. And what do you So, mean? you know, p- put in the investment as well. You know, help younger drivers. I think it, you know, I was uh, part of Brendan Hartley's... Um, you know, rise up through okay. New Zealand. Same with El Bamba. You know, a lot of those uh, really? young Kiwis, yeah. you know, it, it's still, once they had a proven, um, you know, business plan and, and they've seen it sort of, you know, go all the way through, you know, they, they've they've definitely picked a few, I think throughout the years to, to try and, and that's what's made it really fun for me is that, you know, it's kind of still the same group is still involved and they're still looking at, you know, helping these, these younger kids make it through. Because is that
2: business... Um is that business still around, that LLC?
4: Scott Dixon Motorsports, yeah. I think, was was dissolved. Oh. Yeah, because it was— But the group
2: of investors, this group of— The same t- You know, this group. team is still together, yeah. sort of still it's, accomplishing the same goals?
4: It's dwindled a little bit, but yeah. yeah. But the the same group, and I think, you know, we haven't had any projects of late, but, you know, I think at some point probably there's a, there's another guy that's kind of, you know, maybe maybe going to be, you know, eligible Do for Do you that. scout— uh, it's hard because I don't get back to New Zealand too often.
2: Yeah, but like even when you're just racing in the US, you, not even for these guys or this investment group, do you just, do you personally watch people and go, man, I like that guy. has got it. You know, this guy's, there's, this driver's got a certain thing that I like. And are you paying attention to, Young talent?
4: I think you definitely see it. For us, you know, it's like kind of probably Xfinity or, or whatever. Right. You, you, you get to see, you know, indie Lights or Indy Next, it's called now. Um, you know, you get to see those or even Formula Ford 2000. Yeah. Some of those races are some of the best races
3: all weekend, yeah. you know. And, and so you're yeah, watching yeah, pay attention. You, you,
4: you do, for sure. Like, I'm, a, I'm a race fan, man. Yeah. I and love
3: watching racing. In hindsight, would you do that again? Would you do it this model again to, to fund your career? Oh hell, absolutely. Yeah. There was there was no <laughs> there downside was no to other it. way there was no other way to do it. Well, there is a downside. I mean, look, I, I'm reading between some lines, and it did seem like it was always seamless. There may be some some people in there that you know are disruptors of some sort. I've, I would assume that's in any business, like that's that's common. But but you're also giving away a lot of money too at the same time. I mean, once yeah. you become a champion,
4: but then you wouldn't have earned any of the money. Sure, no, so, I get it. Know, there's pros me, and cons. So and even
3: you would do it again. Oh, and, for sure. And you would recommend that to anybody? Uh, some other young? Well, I mean, you're you're actually putting your money where your mouth is. because You yeah. still scout. I, I think
4: there's there's no downside, man. Like yeah. for me, the the passion was for racing. Okay, the money thing becomes a thing later on, you know, just because of a lifestyle that you start to live. Um, but you know, I still tell Chip to this day that you know he pays me to do all the media stuff, and I race for free, which he hates. You know, but but it, it's it's. <laughs> it's kind of you know i see that as the work and the enjoyment for me is actually driving the car which unfortunately over the years you know you you just drive less you know there's no testing there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. testing on even on race weekends you know i think we get like an hour and a half of practice now for, for a race weekend which you know it's probably a lot even for cup but you know it's <laughs> yeah. just it's, it's bizarre like a, i think the first year i did indycar it's i did um, 60 days of testing now we, we're limited to like four yeah. Good heavens. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's a lot of testing. Yeah. That's why I have to do sports car stuff,
4: you yeah. know. You gotta you gotta
2: race. Just to yeah, it gets more laps. NASCAR history and heritage come alive at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Celebrate my fellow inductees Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson, and Chad Canals with their class of 2024 artifacts enshrined in the Hall of Honor. Don't miss the Ford Performance Showcase. It's a new Inside NASCAR exhibit that showcases the Ford Mustang's next gen car through its design and innovation. The latest edition of Glory Road explores over 75 years of racing history with its cool 33 degree banking and 19 cars on display. On Mondays and Fridays, there's guided tours that take you behind the scenes with incredible stories and access to a NASCAR Hall of Fame insider. Or you can explore the hall at your own pace. With the new mobile hub, it's a digital experience. Get behind the wheel of a realistic iRacing simulator or you can learn how fast-paced pit stops work with the Pit Crew Challenge. From the legends who shaped the sport to the new heroes earning a spot in the record books, the NASCAR Hall of Fame delivers an unforgettable experience. Book your visit to the hall today at NASCARHall.com. So um, you moved to the U.S. Where did you move to? Indianapolis. That's where everybody goes.
4: Yeah. Everybody's I'm a, I'm a in Hoosier India. man. I've been there for 25 years.
2: <laughs> so that's fascinating to me, too. So, um, you know, because in my mind, uh, my, nar- my narrow vision of, of racing and motorsports, especially in the U.S., uh, NASCAR, Mooresville, this area is kind of the hub. I do know that Indy and Indianapolis, there's a, there's a, massive massive group of racers not just for like indycar and open wheel but the, the dirt world the yeah. sprint cars Drag and so forth races. so yeah. much yeah. so many racers there yeah. in that area that you wouldn't even know it when you go up there right when you're driving around the city and so forth That's true yep. but you um so when you're in does it feel the same as when i'm in mooresville so when i'm in mooresville i just know that you know 90 percent of the cup drivers are a 10 minute drive away uh, there, there's, you know, Chase, or, uh, Casey Kane's right over here. X is right over here. Yeah. Uh, is that what it's like in Indy when you go home?
4: It, it kind of is. Like, I, I feel like we get more of a, you know, cause we're probably more of a diverse community, right? Like, I think if you look at the field, there's probably maybe, I don't know, seven, eight Americans. And then, you know, the oh, rest yeah. are probably 20 from other, all over you the know, other countries. They're living you know? everywhere. So I think, you know, yeah. especially the South Americans, don't really choose to live in Indianapolis. Um, India is not like New Zealand, that's for sure. It's very, uh, it's very flat. You know, the when you, you know, I know you ride bikes and I ride bikes too. The only kind of mountain or hill you get is the the, the fierce wind. You know, yeah. on the on the flat plains. Yeah. So, um, it, yeah, it it it. You see people come and go. That's that's kind of. Uh, but I like it because the people are lovely, man. The Midwest, you know, even here, you know, it's 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 a different vibe. The kind of you kind of the. Coastal areas, you yeah. know, are very happening, and you know people are doing things. And then you kind of get into the middle, and and it's kind of quiet, and you know everybody's chilled. And and for me, you know, that was always a good thing to keep focused. How know, far to, are you from the shop? Uh, probably fifteen minutes. Not bad. Yeah. You? How often are you over there? It depends. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. We've been spending a lot of the off seasons in in UK at the moment. You um, and your family. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you what, know, it, what's the reason for that? Well, my uh, wife's mum was not, you know, doing so well with health, and then her sister was fighting cancer. So there, there was a lot of things. It was actually – it happened during COVID, oh. and some of the schools started to close and go to, to online stuff, and then, you know, the U.K. was uh, still wide open, and, and um, we're like, oh, let's just go there and try that for a little bit while everybody's kind of in limbo and not really knowing what they're going to do. And, uh, yeah, still doing it a little bit. So you're still spending time there a lot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once the season starts, like this is, you know – february through september maybe make two trips back there but you, you know the off season is pretty. did you flat. buy property we've always always had, had uh, property. always had property in england since what part of England? 2008 so london and then kind of the outskirts maybe kind of windsor yeah. area so i've never windsor been castle Oh, you haven't? no yeah you should man. come, in. I come hang out i really want to go um i did some genealogy
2: and traced my my mom's yeah. side of the families from from england so yeah. i it's like something
4: I got to see from the something. UK or Scotland, Ireland, or you, UK. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's
2: a G Cross. Uh, there's an area, it's like a you know, a little four or five block area called the G Cross. And, okay, and apparently that's kind of where her surname yeah. comes from. That, that was, was a
4: weird story, actually. My my grandmother was, was super into genealogy mm-hmm. and, and tracked all of it, and actually, when I met Emma. Um, she's like, she's like, oh, you gotta call me. So I called her, and she's like, oh, I think you guys are related. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no way. Oh, no. But we actually came from you know, uh, kind of sister towns, yeah. in, in in Wales. Uh, but thankfully, we went, we were related. Did,
2: it, and, and I bet that how did how did y'all meet? Like, so I asked this because Amy, my wife, yeah, she's from Texas, uh, went to school in Kentucky. I mean, me and her were nowhere near each other for the majority of our lives, but her. Uh, family is from uh, the same part of Germany as my dad's family. Oh, crazy! Or er the Earnhardt, right? Yeah. Her surname and 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 ours. Uh, yeah. It's like a hundred miles between them. Yeah, it's weird. Nuts. Yeah, nuts.
4: So we uh we had mutual friends. like my wife was a, a runner for Great Britain. She was uh, she was an athlete. She her specialty was kind of. Uh, 800 meters um you know she did commonwealth games i think she was on the sydney olympics roster but, yeah uh, had you getting... heard it
2: had you heard her name um, before you met her
4: i wouldn't say you know like i've always been into to sports but you know not so much i guess as as you know in new zealand for sure but 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 not you know yeah. uh, european or, or uk uh, athletics but you know she was a, a hell of an athlete uh herself that that um yeah so we met through mutual friends uh went out a night in london i was actually over there trying to uh i think it was maybe around one of the f1 tests that i did and and um went out a bit of a drunken night and uh started kind of a, a long distance there yeah. and uh so we would meet in new york kind of every two or three weeks what year
2: was that wh- how old were you when y'all met recently? uh that would have been
4: oh, i was 26 yeah yeah it was 2006 yeah
2: 2006
4: yeah and how old were you 26. Wow. Yeah. Those were the days, man. <laughs> Those were the days.
2: Um, You're younger than I thought.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. You know, oh. you, you I don't talk. know if that's good. You say you no, look
2: old? Well, no, like when you look at your 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 cr- accomplishments in motorsports, you know, it sounds like, you know, the accomplishments of a 48, 50 year old man. <laughs> you're 42. I'm, get, I'm getting there. I think yeah, that's yeah. a compliment yeah, somewhere in compliment. there. I think it's a <laughs> compliment. No I'll take that. Thank you. You're like, yeah, well, you're kind of like the Jimmy Johnson, Dylan Hart, Richard Petty of IndyCar you know with all of the things you've done yeah so jimmy,
4: jimmy's a good dude man and
2: jimmy had a lot of fun with him Z, he's up there
4: yeah he's yeah. Uh, 47 or 8 yeah really? yeah. yeah is yeah. he that yeah. old see maybe see? maybe That's i, I better saying. take that i better take that back. Yes. Wait, jimmy's 48 <laughs> he's up there he's right know, behind
2: yeah. me i think so
4: let's go 46
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah yeah
2: it's happening, man! It's freaking gone.
3: So he was your teammate then, and he was the he was the old guy on the team then. Uh, totally, we were the we were
4: the, uh, <laughs> we the statesman. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, we you yeah, weren't yeah. uh, <laughs> wow.
3: you by your stats, but him by his age. I think that fart, uh, the funny uh,
4: thing was was Palou, uh, right. uh, another one of our teammates. He he uh, yeah he was he was kind of taking the Mickey a little bit out of Jimmy because Jimmy um, <laughs> Alex's dad is is younger than Jimmy. Those <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's great. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No wonder
3: it didn't work out for Jimmy in IndyCar. It <laughs> was all in his head at that yeah. point. His teammates' dads were younger than him. He was loving it, man. Was what was up.
2: the uh, what was the toughest thing about living in the US?
4: I think being away from friends. You know, family is one thing. My family would come and visit. Friends, you know, uh, it's a big trip. You know, it's a long it's a long way to go. It's expensive. Um, so you know, I think we ended up. You know kind of getting a plan together but it, i'll tell you what what made it a lot easier for me was that the team that i joined which was Stefan johansen's team they had two kiwis on the team blair and anton julian mm-hmm. uh which you know blair was crew chief on on the nine car for 20 plus years just recently he's kind of moved up in, into a management role but that was probably made it easy because it was, I kind of, I had an apartment downtown, but I think I literally stayed in that apartment maybe four nights of the whole year, and the rest was on their couch, mm-hmm. uh, just in, in off Rockville Road in Indianapolis, there by you know, kind of Gasoline Alley. So it's uh, that that made the transition for me so much easier to have the likeliness and you know, kind of the common ground of of New Zealand and, and yeah. trying to conquer or be a part of you know the American culture through motor racing.
2: What is the um, uh, what is the style of New Zealand and Australian motorsports drivers like what is what are traits that stand out to you and I'm asking this question because when um, when I wa- I've watched V8 supercars forever and there I uh, I've been I've, meeting a lot of Australians uh, Marcus Ambrose come yep. out over here to race yeah. um in all of that I feel like there's a level of m- really controlled aggression, um, like um, just as insanely good as possible in breaking zones. Um, there's just this sort of style. When when I think about Australian motorsports, there's just this sort of um, by the seat of your pants, but also controlled and measured at the same time where um, uh, th- that's really hard to beat. On, yeah. especially in road course I'd basically. probably call
4: that stubbornness. Yeah. There's I feel like, like there's, you know, and and it's it's stubbornness, yeah. Yeah, it's a great like, way to put it. Kiwis are pretty laid back, but they're extremely hard workers, I think, and and it's kind of you know, from a young age you're kind of taught just to do everything yourself, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, um simple things like over here, you know, you most people get their lawns mowed by someone else, like a Kiwi would be like, "Why the hell am I going to pay someone else to mow my lawns? Like, oh, that's what I'm going to do." You know, that's mm-hmm. that's part of of what I do. Um, And I think, you know, if you look at, Bruce McLaren, you know, goes to England, builds the own you know, builds the car himself, engineers it himself. You know, that's kind of he wanted to be part of every step. And I'd say, you know, Kiwis are similar to in the fact like through my career, you know, I had to work and prep my go-kart then to even the off season of Formula V and Formula Ford racing, you know, I'd sand the bodywork down, I would, you know, go through the mechanics of the car with my dad. You kind of learn I don't I don't know if that's kind of explaining much, but it it just kind of it built into me too of of having control because i also knew that the next crash was probably the last time i could run the car because we didn't have the money to repair it so you kind of always had that thing holding you back to a level of not going complete chaotic and flat out you know it's always having something in reserve or trying to you know look at strategy or play it back a little bit to understand how there's other ways of winning yeah uh, or getting or getting better but it also helped you know on many levels of the mechanical side of, of understanding racing as, in general as well so i don't i don't know like it's i wouldn't say there's plain traits but i think there's definitely that never give up like
2: when you race against so many people from all over the country though don't you see some don't you see a little bit of like personality embedded in each nationality like when you're, you know, when you're racing Americans or, or Europeans, they have a predictability maybe about them or, you you know, there's things about them that you're like, yeah, yeah,
4: that makes sense. Which in New Zealand, you're kind of lucky, right? Because our our prime season is everybody else's off season. So like even in my junior categories, was it was, you know, Formula Ford to, you know, yeah. Formula Atlantic. So any like summer those. is winter. The, all those Europeans yeah. come to New Zealand to race yeah. in the off season. So you know, a lot of those seasons, you're kind of learning a lot of different things. I think you know, I even my first Formula Ford season raced with Toto Wolff. Like that's just the people that were coming down at that period. You know, that's that's just kind of who you raced against. So you would, there was always a good mix of of seeing it. But yeah, I would say, like Europeans, I think for sure are definitely more and i hate to, i wouldn't i shouldn't say erratic but they 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 will be maybe more exciting in some ways trying to pull off uh, a move uh whereas you know maybe kiwis do it kind of more quietly i, I don't yeah. know like
2: i wonder um not as dramatic yeah i know you're a competitor and so it's tough for you to make this um make this assumption but um or even form an opinion on this but and so in motors, in, in NASCAR, we're you know we're all from, for the most part, the same place, right? And we all kind of like it's it's a predictable, you know, you know kind of what's expected when you drive down in a corner three wide with these guys. Yeah. And some of them are goofballs, and some of them are smarter than others. But you kind of have this. Uh, we all went to the same school. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in IndyCar. You got guys dropping in that have been racing something completely different. So a block to him ain't the same yeah. as a block to you, right? And 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 what's acceptable on on a braking zone move and it's all different for everyone, right? Jimmy had a different opinion about what this was, and then and, and so how do you I guess how do you uh, how do you handle that because there are times in in IndyCar where there's disagreements yeah. about on track etiquette. Yeah that's got to flare up quite a bit in, in your career particularly
4: for sure like you know I think you you know kind of nailed it on the head there you've you've got definitely a lot of disciplines that have come from different directions that that um, I don't know I feel like it it it's a lot better controlled these days you know mm-hmm. because the penalty structure and just how it was you know there was definitely periods of time where it was the wild, wild west. But there's
2: some drivers that have come in lately that have sort of um
4: you know ruffled some feathers or so you know yeah.
2: like hey man, that's not how yeah. it's done. And it's that's normally th- the rookies, man. Yeah. You know exactly, just, just right. trying to
4: find, and I was the same way. Like yeah. I even talking to Dario Franchitti, who was a longtime teammate. He's like, Man, your first year, you're you're a like you, would, you know, <laughs> wow. you would lunge people. You'd come from miles back, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I was trying to, you know, trying to put my stamp there, man. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here to stay." Um, and I think you 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 do see that. Um, but I think it's also with an indie car man, especially on ovals, like the freaking hit is big. Yeah, like mm. there's guys that you kind of see that will react that way until, and then you see a crash, them in a big crash, you know, and and you know, you hope that they're all, always okay. But you know that that knocks them down a peg, in, in making the decisions yeah. that they do, you know we're lucky to live in you know the the era that we do with how how much safety has improved, even through, you know, from my start of career on in IndyCar to now, uh, just you know how dramatic that change has been.
3: Is is there a perception in the international racing community about American drivers, either either positive or negative?
4: Uh, I think I think good. You know, like honestly. It's it's I don't know. So coming from New Zealand, it's probably hard to comment. But you know, I've, I've and even the categories I've raced in have always been very mixed. So you know, I think NASCAR is probably, or, or even you know, kind of the road to NASCAR or to Cup is is very American based. But it's probably hard to, to comment. But I think we have amazing drivers in IndyCar that are American, like freaking Joseph Newgarden, Rossi. Like sure. they're, they're they're outstanding. Yeah, and they've shown that on the world stage, no matter where they race, man. Like they are. Yeah.
2: To your point about the um, the rookies, we used to say that you know when a guy would come in with such raw speed and ability and just tr- risk-taking, lunging, as you yeah. say, um, we would say he hasn't hit anything hard yet, yeah. and that
4: really changes a guy. <laughs> it changes he, your perspective, yeah. for sure. Like I know it took me a little while. Like I, I, I was always like the five minutes to five on a test day, all right, let's put some tires on, let's go throw it down, yeah. bang. And I'm like, man, that was a dumb idea.
3: What no. was the first hard hit you took?
4: uh i think it was homestead maybe in indy lights maybe in mm-hmm. 1999 and man in, in an indy car and even indy lights at that point i was i'd never hit anything like it i was like oh my god like yeah you know you you stop and you're like that was huge like am am i okay like are my legs still attached yeah like they're, they're pretty brutal and especially the the early period of irl cars like 2002 car which we only had in testing was just brutal when you hit the wall brutal what did what what makes the difference i think it was just the way they were built they were super uh robust you know like you would you i remember a test at phoenix i think in 2002 at the end of the year and i was testing uh before we started and moved to the new car for 03 and and uh i spun in in turn two or the old turn two uh to to the current track and and i think you know kind of took the attenuator off which is the, the the crash structure and and maybe hurt the rear wing a little bit um but i remember hitting and i was like man i'm not sure if i just got knocked out but i don't feel great and the car they take it back to the pits and then literally 30 minutes later they're like yeah the car's ready to go we just changed the rear wing replace the attenuator (laughs) you're good to go and i was like oh man i don't feel great yeah but still got in and and trucked on but it, it it like those hits were and even in 03, I think it, it's, um, the crash TK and I had in Japan, you know, I think I fractured my pelvis, you know, broke my ankle, broke my hand, broke my wrist. And, you know, the, 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 crashes were just, were just huge. What's it like
2: being in a different country with all of those injuries? Um, how, how difficult is that emotionally to like think, all right, now I've not only got this long road of recovery to get all this stuff back to, you know, one piece, but I'm got of. Get all my sh together and get out of this town. Yeah, it's you know, pretty. It's
4: pretty freaky. Like I think at that point I was still traveling by myself. Yeah. Um, and I think in in Japan they don't they don't really give you narc. I don't know is it narcotics or painkillers or, pain or mm. whatever. You kind of just get aspirin. And uh, I remember I was like, man, I just want to get back to America. Like you know, <laughs> you get drugged up, <laughs> get get some relief. And then I think I was in the wheelchair back at the hotel to get my bags and stuff in extreme pain and i think i ran into Alan a junior's wife and she's like well what do you need <laughs> and, and <laughs> you know pulls out this uh you know this kind of rollaway pack of of stuff and that that definitely got me back to america <laughs> yeah. um you know luckily in a, was on a, a plane but yeah 22
2: it's, hour flight or something
4: or some crazy yeah, something long yeah maybe 12 or 14 hours God. but like just just you know well, the broke pelvis. yeah I mean, you, it's uncomfortable enough. I know, like I kept, well, we hadn't even diagnosed that at that point. Oh, wow. You know, TK was almost in a worse situation. He had the suspension arm go right through his leg, you know, so he had to go in for immediate Whoa. surgery to, you know, stitch that up. And all I remember is him, you know, just yelling in, in, in the hospital room that we were there, and we're both on the helicopter going to the hospital. And oh, it was, Yeah, it was, it's That's pretty freaky at out of a movie. Yeah, yeah I was only 20, I don't know, 22 at the time, and yeah, you're by yourself, man. It's you're kind by of, yourself. Kind of weird. I was
2: in, I was in, Milwaukee when I broke my stern or my shoulder blade and I was that was um that was weird being in a in a you know being in a hospital alone and you know with the doctors not home right not yeah. in your area not in your you know your comfort zone i was thinking I can't about
3: the sonoma crash uh in the yeah that was car. that was weird too but i was on enough that drugs firing, that I really gave yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: they put enough morphine in me I didn't
3: care where I was at. Yeah, Do you see California? California is <laughs> like a different country for him, you yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Milwaukee, if I I've I've, I've, yeah, I've had highs and lows in Milwaukee. too. I think I destroyed two cars and four laps at Milwaukee. You, you and a uh, starter practice too. Yeah. And yeah. you missed the race. Wow, yeah, I was pretty yeah, beaten up, out man. But Chip was like, out you're cars. out of cars, and I think it's a good, good time for you to go home. <laughs>
2: That's interesting part. So reading some of your career uh, accomplishments and the ups, and you had this sort of ebb and flow, right? Like, look, you know, you're considered uh, one of the greatest to ever do it, the ch- you know, the championships and the wins, but there were some years where just things didn't go right. Things just, just – this, the performance just wasn't there. And so – you know, I guess, you know, it's easy to sit here today and feel like, you know, well, we we got through it. But were there these times even Kyle Bush wins this past weekend. He says, yeah. Hey, you don't doubt yourself, but you kinda do. You do. In yeah. moments. Like, was good, what know, I, what is
4: wrong? Congrats to him too. That yeah. was that was really cool to see. But yeah, it's uh yeah, oh four, oh five, man. Like we win the championship first year in IndyCar racing, you know, you, you think you're unstoppable and, and uh yeah, you definitely got knocked down a peg pretty quickly and that even started the first race i think i was fighting for the lead and then spun coming into the pits and, and hit the fence and uh that the year just never really got any better after that point and you know destroyed cars I, don't, I think over that period of time i think i went through like six teammates maybe more six seven eight teammates i think we crashed about 30 something cars Goodness. like it was it was a brutal time and then you know you, you're trying to figure out what the issue is right from you know the top of chip's company to 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 the drivers and and everybody around it you know to to see how we fix it and summing that up it's definitely the two years i learned the most about myself and about the sport and about how lucky i am to get to do what i do so you know that there's there are positives out of it sure um you know but when you get called into meetings and they're like you know so what do you think the problem is and you're like "Uh, it's not me it's not me (laughs) you know but it's pretty daunting uh, for me, I think at a time where I think it would have been definitely a life changer for for my career.
3: Y- yeah. You know, Chip. I've never met Chip, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. He's he's one that is not afraid to hold a driver accountable. To to the <laughs>
2: what kind of owner is he? Uh, yeah, I,
4: I, and rightfully, rightfully so. I mean, I you think, just you know, said you know, that the drivers can do some pretty dumb shit. You know, yeah. like that's just that's just. he
3: so, yeah, but so, like, you know, I can only imagine going through that t- time, 2004 <laughs> and 2005, I would be terrified of the guy, frankly. I would be. But, you, but like, what was it like? I, I got so many Chip Ganassi questions, so let, let's just have this, <laughs> this one. Like, what was Chip driving for Chip like
4: during that time? Uh, it was tough. You know, I think it's always, it's demanding, right? We're, we're, I keep saying it all the time. We're in, we're in the business of winning races. If you're not winning races, then, you know, it's probably time to move on or you got to find what the problem is you know whether it's yourself or you know just the environment that you're in or or whatever it is but there's so many moving pieces and parts right like it's it's never it's never easy but i, f- I find chip most of the time in the low points is he's the best version of chip like he's you know i don't know how many times i've crashed cars and he's like don't worry you know don't worry about the car like you okay you know tomorrow we're going to go out and win and and you know that's just you know it's it's normally when you're on a bit of a winning role he can he can be you know a little bit picky on you sometimes is that right but yeah but you know i respect chip because in so many ways and for so many reasons and obviously you know we've we've been together for i think it's my 21st or 22nd year with him um that he he pulls the best out of you man he mm. really does from from the top level and whether it's you know whether it's a knack he's got or or just a version of chip that you get that that he pulls the most out of everybody, and and it might not be the, it might not be the conversation you
0: want, but afterwards when you look back, you're like, yeah, I probably needed that conversation.
2: Is there uh, any part of his driver career that matters to you in terms of like him understanding you more or you feel like a connection there because he's been behind the wheel, right? And, and when you're telling him, Hey man, these are the problems I'm dealing with, or this is, I'm trying to make this happen and, and it's in and, and the car's not capable of doing it. He's, he's able to better accept that information. Cause sometimes man, you got to say, look, I, the car is not yeah. capable of pulling this move. Yep. And, and the, you know, the, you can't say that if you don't think the owner or the crew chief is going to absorb it, right? Yeah, but yeah. I imagine with him, having some driving history really helps.
4: I think it's a big deal. If you, if that's something that you can have, you know, someone that's been in that environment and, you know, to the level that he did, you know, with running Indy and, you know, um, it, it, it's, you know, being the fastest rookie at Indy, you know, he's he's got a lot to be a proud of from his racing career as well. And I think, you know, that definitely – I always say, you know, I've – i I'm surrounded by probably the two most competitive people, and number one is Chip, and then, you know, number one also is my wife. So I get it at the track from Chip, and then when I get home, I get it from my wife, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and no it's, it's, it's it's an interesting <laughs> environment to be a part of, but, you know, I think having Chip gone through the highs and the lows and, and you know, especially on ovals, man, like some days, you, 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 well, most days, you can't drive around that. It, it's The car is what it is. Yeah, You can try and find bits here and there, but... That was the biggest thing i learned in my junior categories was that you can't drive around it and half the time i tried to i would destroy the car you know so mm-hmm. it's it's uh having you know when you have those conversations with chip and he's seeing it from you know many different sides whether it's from the sponsorship level to running a team to running a successful team to winning to you know having driven himself you know like it's it's you know you're talking to somebody through a conversation that that understands most of it you know so it's it definitely is so enlightening. That- Go ahead. And uh, <clears throat> th-
2: there was a point when you uh, BMW set up a test for you for Williams.
3: Yeah, it was that year, right? It was in it was in the o four o five. Yeah, so oh, uh so we started
4: working on. I think it was end of o three season, my first championship okay. year, and then so uh, so it was meant. To, I think the preseason test were start of 04.
2: And it was a legit opportunity, or you were you had to decide what what you <laughs> were going to do. I think it started that
4: way. Yeah. Um, so Stefan again Johansson was you know um, knows a ton of people and then and then uh, Jonathan Williams um, son of Frank Williams was was kind of the kind of the lead point there yeah I remember just we went to London had a discussion they're like hey we have got you know maybe an opening that's gonna that's gonna work here yeah so we did the test at uh, Paul Ricard test went really well i think we were maybe fourth out of i don't know 14 15 cars or something and it was it was cool as shit man like yeah. to drive one of those cars like the v10 era uh-huh. uh, just the power because everybody was like oh the brakes man the brakes and i'm like holy heck what about the power of this thing like it's crazy the power to weight ratio you know the cars are super light mm-hmm. uh, a ton of power and and It was weird for a normally aspirated engine you know v10 that just had so much torque from like low rpm it was it was completely bizarre to anything (laughs) i'd driven before but an f1 car just does everything right it's a car that you've always dreamed of driving yeah um so yeah that that was special and then during the the period of of the test at paul ricard and then and then uh, barcelona test
2: you tested twice
4: yeah, so did the first test and then and then the lead up to Barcelona. We'd kind of, I think, I don't remember how the story goes exactly, but it was, uh, I think it was maybe Minardi. Paul Stardard's team, I think, was maybe getting sold off. Uh, Williams at the time had Weber under contract. Um, and I need to, actually, I need to talk to Weber about that to see if it was actually factually true. But he ended up being brought back by Williams. So even before I got to the Barcelona test, knew that the the seat wasn't available. It would only be for maybe a testing uh, possibility. And you weren't going to give up. Well, was, it was. You weren't going to give up your your situation in the US for a test. It was still a tough decision, right? Yeah. Because you know, F one is F one. Um, you know, we just won a championship. Uh, I was I was competing in an all oval series. Which, Do you wonder what you might have been? Uh, I don't actually. No, no, I don't at all. Like I'm, I'm totally sound with the choice that I made. Uh, but at the time, right? Like I, again, like I'm, I'm, I. I'm, I'm a Kiwi. i ever raced on road courses, and well, but what was the decision? Know, going to the, the IRL at that point with all ovals, yeah. was, I was like, oh, man, like but I'm not going to say no to Chip Ganassi and driving for that team. Like that's just not an option. But it's not. If I had another option, I'd maybe look at it a little bit closer. Yeah. Right.
3: Well, what was that? What was the offer actually, or was there an offer? I mean, like you said, Weber got the the, the seat. Yeah. So, what were you deciding on? To Whether be a to test continue dri- being to a, test be a test driver. driver yeah. Okay, yeah. so. Yeah, test driver in F1. I mean, yeah, you, that,
4: that's. Um, yeah, you know, the, you're your, hope, point you're of, your point that of that for most of the test drivers is that you then continue on to, you know, being in a, in a lead role of, of some sort. So, right. you know, I think, um, yeah, and a test role back in those days, especially was it was a, you know, now it's just you run on a simulator. Uh whereas those days you would be doing 30, 40 test days a year. You know, like it was mm. pretty brutal. That team kind of was a separate team that just ran off and did a bunch of testing for new parts for that season. So you know, it's still it's still a you know, it's a big decision, man. Like yeah. it, it um but yeah, totally sound with,
1: with the decision that I made.
0: The Dale Junior download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter.
1: You going to any concerts this summer, man?
0: I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and kit moore
1: love hardy in
0: uh charlotte i was so stressed getting the tickets i'm gonna be front row i'm gonna, I'm in the pit when these tickets go out man i am online as soon as tickets open i don't want to miss a thing
1: yeah you, you know you gotta act quick yeah and when you want the best you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead it's like if you're hiring for a business you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up mm. so what's the best way to do that zip recruiter ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, and right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Jr.
0: ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles, immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Jr. Junior Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire.
2: You ended up racing in iRoc Series that year. Yeah. yeah. What
0: was that? What do you remember
4: from that? Man, I was just (laughs) eyes were open, (laughs) like wide open. Um, (laughs) It was cool. Like you know, again, I'm a race fan, so all these you know people that I'd watched. I think it was Harvick and Mark Martin. I don't know if you were in it Mm -hmm. that year, but it 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 was. even some of the sprint car guys, but I just—it was nothing that I felt that felt normal, right. man. I think I turned up for a Richmond test, and oh no, I'm like, wow, what am I supposed to do here? And nobody was actually really, because none of the none of the cup guys or anybody were there, right? Like they they yep. just turn up, rock up, and you know, fast straight away, and and you're trying to learn. I think maybe it was Sam Hornish, maybe I think went with me that year or something. And it was it was a steep learning curve, dude. (laughs) Like steep. Steve Kinzer, I think, was also trying to help me a little bit too. But I didn't even know. I'm like,
3: man, have you driven these things much? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I've seen it on TV. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you raced at Daytona. What what were your four tracks?
4: Uh, We did Richmond, Daytona, Atlanta, uh, Michigan, maybe. uh, I
2: don't know. It had what. to been a road course in there or
4: something. No, there were no, no. road courses. Yeah, yeah. I was asking about that. I was like, "Come on, we need to we need a it road course." It doesn't seem fair. Yeah. But I think Richmond was my most fun race. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think I was running okay. And uh, I think I got into it with Harvick maybe in turn 3 and nice. sent him sent him around and you know, it was, it was definitely a wild time Daytona was. Complete bizarro land for me, you know, Why? Just, the, just because it was
2: I mean, you all have the draft at Indy and there's I mean the the yeah, the but you guys
4: had the side draft and different ways to, you know, us, I guess we were probably similar in the way that you could pick lanes and, and you could maybe see the lane coming and how that's going to, you know, maybe get lucky by, you know, sort of, but you, you, you know, in that you could kind of move them around a little bit you could kind of push a little bit you could you could do different things that yeah. we couldn't do you know so trying to do that all in a race of you know i don't even know how long it was 20 or 30 minutes um yeah.
2: you didn't get a ton of practice i mean when they'd send you out there you'd be maybe with another car too yeah yeah, yeah it wasn't like a, which i
4: totally understood because yeah. i didn't you know most of us idiots were just destroying stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was it was a fun time yeah. man. i wish i'd done more of it if I, you know, I think I had an opportunity to maybe do it a little bit later and I, I kind of skipped out on it, which was, it was a bad decision, yeah. Another yeah. opportunity yeah. to do yeah. well, I
3: would imagine IROC didn't hang around much longer, did it? I mean, uh, like, I, when I, it was one or two I years. like 06 yeah. or 07. Yeah. I away. was not
2: yeah. able to run that year because of its sponsorship if, with oh, a Crown, Crown Royal. Crown, Crown oh, Royal. Oh, I was driving yeah, a Bud yeah, car yeah. and Bud said, nope,
4: you yeah. can't, you can't do it. I, I got. Think I still have that bottle somewhere. Says I was a part of yeah, of the IROC. Oh, that was cool, man. I love that.
2: Um, I guess. Uh, did you ever, you know, Chip, Chip owns stock cars, right? There's, um, I know that. I don't know how closely aligned his entire organization organization was at times between the stock car guys and the Indy car guys. I know they probably weren't on the same planet, but there were some opportunities for some of his drivers to drive stock cars in in the Xfinity Series and so forth. Um, had conversations ever gotten anywhere between y'all about doing anything like that? Were you interested? Were you like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm not doing nothing, but I'm focusing on my IndyCar ride. I want to win championship after championship. I'm not messing with nothing else." What was going on in
4: your mind? Yeah, there were some there were some chats, uh, and maybe on a sponsorship, you know, kind of business level. I think through the the business team, maybe had brought it up previously to you know. I think it was maybe in the lines of you know some of the mid Ohio races, you know, oh, Alcat yeah. later on things like that. Um, uh, but I was like, man, I want to, I want to have a go at a short track with that's all the power, they, yeah. you know? And, uh, so we, I did the ride swap, I think with McMurray and, uh, but I got Talladega, he got Barber Motorsports Park in an IndyCar. car. So I felt like, you know, I was a little shorthanded on that one just cause it was just me at Talladega yeah, driving around by, by myself, you know? So, um, after about four laps of that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like I couldn't imagine it. With forty sure, plus yeah. other crazies out there, you know, like getting after it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you know, I think uh, I was meant. I was actually scheduled to do a um, new Smyrna test. Yeah, and uh, it was right around the Daytona twenty four hour. And uh, Chip called me. He's like, "Hey, man, like uh, if you crash that car, you got to pay for it." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "He really said that?" Yeah. I was like, "Well," I was <laughs> like, "Man, I don't need to do the test." Right. Like I thought. I thought that's you know. So I never did the test. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the short part of, of the the possibilities. And then we did talk about doing road course races later on and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's interesting
2: yeah. because um, I would think that Chip and certainly the further outside <laughs> of that bubble of Chip you get in the in the motorsports industry, like everybody wants to see, you know, one of the greats in IndyCar drive a stock car or, or any time anybody came over to IndyCar – or came over to Xfinity Series or the Cup Series, uh, we were like, "Can't wait to see this!" Yeah. You know, this is gonna be awesome. Same thing when like our, our guys go run Indy. Yeah, like we're 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 fascinated. It's not even competitive, you know. It's not competitive in a sense of, you know, one's got to be better than the other, or, or how's he gonna do? Oh, you know, it's really just about like I want to see this guy that's really great at this try yeah. this. Yeah. You know, and um, I hate that that. Never materialize because.
4: Yeah. What was his reasons? I don't know. It's probably just caught him on a bad day. But it, it, it <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it, probably if I turn up and crash the car, he would be like, oh, don't worry about it." But, but you know, it is, it is important sometimes. I think to, to stay in your lane and, and I don't know what you know that year. I think sometimes it could be, you know, I think Look, we, I, I, I'm it probably might have been right around two yeah. when. Uh, you know, one of the—everybody was having money problems. And, sure. And, you know, I think— I'm was as
2: guilty as everybody about not doing things I could have had, to, you know, turning down opportunities or not seeking out opportunities. That's the I, truth. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that. And maybe that's part of the, where this comes from is, like, I'm, I regret, you know, maybe not putting myself in uncomfortable situations. I was afraid of failure, right? I can, I knew I could do this really well. Yeah. And what if I went over here and, and this didn't go so well, right? Yeah. What if this was a miserable experience?
4: And it can be right, especially now at the level that it is. Right, I think gone are the days where you turn up, rock up, and you're going to be on it. You That's know, why that, that, I, you used to be able to do that. People
2: say, <clears throat> I've I went to the work in NBC, I worked 24 hours Daytona yeah. for the last three or four years, and everybody's like, When are you gonna get back in yeah. one of these? I'm like, It ain't 2000 anymore. It no. ain't, you know, <laughs> when I ran in 2001, I went over there, and uh, and Andy Pilgrim's like, Listen. You're running plenty fast enough. Yeah, you can back it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You only need to run about eighty percent the whole yeah. race. Yeah, and now it's not even you qualify every lap.
4: It's flat out. Yeah, flat out. Yeah. And it, you know, it's I think probably the worst person involved at at, at this point in my life is probably Jimmy Johnson because he's like he's always yeah. thinking up ideas. He's like, "Well, well you, want, you think you want to do a cup race?" And I'm like, uh, <laughs> "I don't know, <laughs> man. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you saying?" He knows a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's definitely uh, he's definitely won that. I hand a lot of credit to him for actually having the nuts to try it. Okay. Like it's it's yeah. the whole IndyCar thing. I was blown away. Like I yeah. knew it was coming because we had talked so much, you know, the year or two previous to it. And even before he did, you know, the F1 test and all that kind of stuff, I was like, man, you're, you've you got a big itch here. Like,
3: and for him to actually pull the trigger on it, I was shocked. Yeah, me too. Did you ever run an IndyCar? Never. Did you ever have an opportunity that you turned down? I'm sure you did. Yeah, you
2: must have. That was probably some Indy 500 stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, did get a chance. I did get um, literally like a couple of years ago, uh, Pinsky was going to put me in a car. That's right. To run around Indy. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, like, you know, they were going to, you know, put the downforce in yeah, it and all that there's stuff. there's different ways to do it. In that, yeah. That, that I was like, oh, I probably don't need to do that. I'm too damn old. Man, I wish I am too man. old. Yeah, yeah,
4: Um I would have been out there watching, man. That
2: would have been cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you got a call to drive a next-gen car... The thing, the thing that's funny about y'all, is you'll get a call to drive a next gen car at Watkins Glen, which yeah. is absolutely something you should say yes to, and you'll go, "No, nah, man, I want to run Bristol." Yeah, <laughs> all of y'all do that. Yeah. Everybody that's set
4: at this table goes, "No, nah, man, I want to run a short track." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's true though, because like yeah. I feel like you're getting the real, but, the real. I don't know. It's just the real formula, right? Like you're getting what what it's all about.
2: I know for sure, but the 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 you gotta go and drive it at a place where you're familiar, so you can understand the inertia and everything of the car, right? The, The the center of gravity and what it what how how far you can go before you slip tires and so forth and. But also
4: adds to, you know, back in the day, like in the two thousands, you would have been able to probably go and test, you know, three, four days or yeah. something. Whereas now you just Can't I think do you, you you maybe do get a new driver test yeah. nowadays right in Cup, which yeah. we we I think we get two days in the That's
2: still probably not enough nah, for you not even close. For for me to feel like that you're in the best position to succeed. Yeah. Right. But if you get called and you get asked to run a road course, you better say yes.
1: Yeah. It's hard to You'll do nev- these days.
2: Why? Like, just it's not
4: the manufacturers get funny, yeah. You know, that, it's well. It's, if all that lines the timing, up. I think you know, if you could yeah. do it after, you know, after the season, but then you kind of get into the mix of the you do know, the, the chase Roval. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the rovals after the end I of have spoken season. about that previously, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> with Chip, <laughs> <who>? chips, like <laughs> who, who hey man, Let's how look. about you just focus on what you're doing? How about you just focus on the so yeah. and half you have time, earned it. Look yeah. at you. No, but you know, like I still want to just focus on what I can try and win at right now because I also you know. It's not going to go on forever. No, but... You know, a seventh championship is right at the top of, of what I'm trying to do.
2: I hear you, but also being in the peak, uh, you know, your peak ability, you're in that window, right? I think, I don't know how, I'm not so <clears throat> familiar with IndyCar, but like for stock car drivers, that sort of 35 to 43 years old is like that's where everything comes together. Yeah. The, the 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 nerve, the guts, and the experience all lines up perfectly. And if you wait... Right. Yeah. You. You. You may likely, if you ever get a chance down the road, have a similar frustration. uh, Maybe. Maybe maybe I
4: could do an Xfinity race. You know. Would, ah,
2: you want to run an infinity race at <laughs> a road course? We're wide open. We're ready to go. We'll make no, that happen. He, he, yeah, yeah. he wants Daytona. He wants Bristol. Give, we'll him make, his,
3: give him his short track as a restricted play. I would
2: give up one of my races for you to run. Just so That's you right. say, hey, man, that was, just so you could you know, have that experience,
4: right? I think we should talk, man. Yeah, well, I agree.
3: What, what do you guys think about when you hear um, Kyle Larson's news that he's going to go over and do the Indy 500? Uh, not
4: surprised. Not surprised. I think nah, I think it, he'd been trying for a while. I think uh, he definitely got on chip a, a quite a bit about it. I think and and honestly, you know, it's it's exciting for all of us. You know, yeah. again, you know, that's that's the thing you want to see is is people crossing over because it is quite difficult to do these days. You know, with him and the team that he's going to, you've got the alliance of at least the manufacturer that makes it a little bit easier. You know, those ties can be pretty tough to to, so, s- to s- sever. But you know, yeah, I think it's exciting for for Kyle and he'll do bloody well.
3: So you were saying that. Chip, <laughs> Chip would have prevented him from doing that back when he drove for Chip. Like it sounds to me, like Chip doesn't want his prize ponies uh, p- playing in the other sport. Yeah, so that's what it sounds like. It just, which it, I can
2: understand. He didn't want to mess up a good thing. No, no, I, can, I, yeah. I agree with that.
3: Yeah. I think that that's fair. Yeah. I think it's completely fair. It can get complicated. It can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot. Yeah, there's things that cannot yeah. go well. Right. Yeah. Chip's yeah. so yeah. very good. I think at
4: at seeing you know the the problems that it could have. Yeah. Sure. Know. So and so, it's not you know Indy's indy indy you can mess up pretty quickly and pretty easily you know it's not it's not a real race to flirt with because the consequences can be tough you know you you can honestly crash and have a small hit and walk away but like the speeds there are high man and Mm -hmm. and the accidents can be brutal
3: so what are the realistic expectations that you would have for kyle uh i don't know
4: we've seen it i think you know Kurt did a phenomenal job. I don't know whether he was 5th or 6th yeah. maybe that sixth, year. Yeah. I think I crashed so, out of that race. But, it's but uh, that you he, he, you know, the Honda package that year and the team that he was with were the favorites, um, which makes the transition a lot easier just because mm. you've got people that are in a positive mindset. You know, we've seen it with Alonzo that came into a, a, a really horrible situation and didn't even qualify, you know. So there, there, there can be you know, a lot of things against you. Um, but I think, you know, he's going into an environment and a team that, you know, at that point, especially for next year, I think will will be very strong. Um, you know, he knows a lot of people in the industry. I think, you know, all of the IndyCar guys are wanting him to, you know, see him do well. Probably not win it, but see <laughs> yeah. him do well. Um, and that is a hard race, man.
2: Yeah. I, have, yeah. I watched it all my life on TV, and, of course, it's amazing, but I never... Um, I've never seen it in person, and seeing the race play out, yeah, is a it's a really really uh, mental, mentally difficult
4: race. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, man. there's so many highs and lows. Like I imagine, you know, any of the you know the 500 or 600 mile races too for you, you know, there, there's different but the intensity levels. It's changed now with your segment races, yeah. but
2: but it, I will say like so to compliment y'all, I I grew up in stock car racing nothing was better daytona 500 the great american race most important race of the year it, nothing is comparable i went to the indy 500 for the first time walked out on to the to the pit road and saw yeah. the grid and was and it and it, re, it made me realize why that race is, is the biggest race in north america every year and why it's so important it's a tr- and it's there's every moment is full of tradition and mm. uh, if you've never experienced uh, the Indy 500, I mean, it's something, it's a bucket list thing. It's like the Kentucky Derby or anything else. Yeah. You have to see it once. Yeah. And that is a, so when when I walked out there, I tried to put myself in the driver's frame of mind. And I know you guys are are prepared. You know how to shut all things out. But that is such a difficult environment to remain focused in. You walk down onto the grid. Yeah, you can't see none of the cars. There's so many no. damn people, and the cars are literally, of <laughs> you know, two foot of, of steel and fi- fiberglass on, right on the you know, the fighter jets laying on the ground. There's people everywhere. Yeah, I don't know how in the hell a driver gets any in any kind of like frame of mind to to get in there and go, and so that sets the tone for um, the. The importance and the weight of the moment, like the weight of the day, and then the race happens, and all of that rings true. Lap after lap after lap, you feel that pressure and that intensity, in the moment getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it starts to whittle down to the drivers that you think are going to be the ones that compete for that win. Yeah, yeah. And you start to imagine in their minds how how freaking stressed out that must be to know you're either going to be the guy or not be the guy.
4: It is just another race, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is just it is another race. Another like, race that, that's yeah. you know that's I think the mindset that most people try to go in with, right? Because it's the only way you can it's find the some way. common point. But you know, you know, yeah, the intensity is much higher. Yeah. You know, the 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 goal is is something that everybody dreams of. You Ooh. know, it's it's a life changing moment. You know, and and to you know be lucky enough to race with a team that I think deserves to win a lot of the time is is it's very special, man. It's uh-huh. very special. But there's one race that you you just. It's so difficult, man. So it, it, difficult.
3: Is the Indy Five Hundred? I mean, you've won it. You won it in two thousand eight.
4: Yeah,
3: but you go. have had some. You've had some absolute stellar pieces there, and and like last year, you go there, you set the fastest pole speed. So if if there's expectations and anxieties that come with it, boy, it just ratchets up. It, I would assume even more when you're out there with a uh, a car that you know is considered the favorite, right? All right, so. What is your relationship like with that race? You've won it, but then I think it's fair to say that you could have easily had four of those things by now.
4: <laughs> yeah. I think this year I became the all-time lap leader of the 500, right. which, you know, is is pretty crazy to think with, you know, 100 and, I don't know, almost 110-year history. Um, but I obviously haven't figured out to lead the right lap <laughs> at the right time, uh, which which makes it. You know, it makes it frustrating. I think the last two years of, you know, we had the fuel issue where I think we had as great a chance uh, in, in 21. And then, you know, last year the issue I had on pit road uh, or getting to pit road, you know, it's, it's just, I think I finished second there five times maybe and probably four of those under caution. You know, mm. those are the ones that hurt. And I think two of those were to Dario, my teammate, where you just, actually, I think all three of his wins are finished under caution. Uh, two of those were, were i think i was second so it's it's those those are the hardest because you yeah. never got to fight for it you know that's that's but that place owes me nothing man i feel privileged to go there i love the history of the sport i think the longer i've been in it you, you the appreciation that you get for it yeah um you know i think when you're younger you're kind of like, oh yeah it's just another race so oh, it's pretty big you know blah 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 but but the enormity of it is is pretty special and to be you know one of 33 each year uh and for yeah. me i think the last year was my 20th race there you know it's it's <laughs> uh it's it's a, it's a big deal and very special so yeah of course you get pissed off man like yeah uh, 19 of those times of racing there have been pretty miserable yeah
2: a rally out of parts man they are in the business of keeping your car on the road they offer friendly and helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. You know the jingle? Oh, yeah. We're going to do the jingle at the end of this. Nice. I all can't right? wait for it. Yeah. So listen. Listen to the end. They've got thousands <laughs> of parts and accessories in stock either in store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your car. Need your windshield wipers replaced? A brake light fixed or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, they're friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by. O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com. That's O'ReillyAuto.com. O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Ow! No. <laughs> <laughs> you better put that in there. So I wanted to know, like, what is the... the I see um, I see cars go out to Indy and set on the pole, um, but there's a difference between that car and the car that's going to race good. Right, the car that's the fastest in qualifying, and the setup and everything about it is is not. You know, I don't know. Is it true to say? Okay, yeah, I love that we went and got the pole. I love that we're the fastest, but I still don't know what kind of race car I've got. And talk about, um, help me understand. I guess why? Why? You know, a lot of people would assume. Well, he's set on the pole. He's the fastest car. Turn them loose, and he should, you know, he should have the best car. It's not the case. It's definitely not the case. I was really shocked when I was sitting down in turn one uh, that there was, you know, how out of the throttle the cars the are, yeah. yeah, and how how disturbing the air is, and how challenging it is. The further back in the field, the more out of the gas, the more dirtier the air. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. It's not.
4: Oh, you're braking. Yes. You know, sometimes you're breaking. Right. Um.
2: Which is un- I, which is something that I don't think is. Explained or conveyed very well to 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 somebody like me who's casual, right? I had no clue that you guys were dealing with such challenges in terms of balance and 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 comfort in the
4: race. Yeah, and I think when you're on that limit, right? You know, it's it's the smallest things change, right? The ambient, you know, weather changes a ton. You know, whether it's uh, the tires be become quite sensitive to sunlight and track temperature, and you know, the wind direction. Wind direction is brutal at Indy now, like. When I first went there, turn one was like, you know, turn one's turn one, you know, it's the one you got to get after. But like turn two is just, it's relentless now. Like it, because of the break in the stands and you kind of come over this crest a little bit and into a, you know, a compression and then you get the wind up behind you, if that's the wind direction, it's mm-hmm. just, it's one of the toughest corners where you go through it to find one lap and the next lap, you're like, oh my God, just about crashed. And, um, you know, so I think, again, it's the emotions that you go through with that. Uh, it comes back to just a plain respect thing i think you, you've always yeah. got to go out there on your tippy toes of knowing that it's not going to be the same all the time and that the car's not always going to be great and i think uh to the race you know you just add thousands of variables to it that it changes it that quickly you know depending on where you're placed behind the car in front of you where you know where you come out in traffic you know yeah. uh, to, to you know how the, the forecast changes during the race but you know, we have a lot better idea nowadays of going into the race of how it's going to forecast as far as car setup and what you've been working with. You know, the early to mid-2000s, you were getting new cars each year. So the variables were much bigger and the unknowns were were much bigger as well as far as, you know, what, what that was going to be mechanically or just how the car was going to drive. So, yeah, it's it's <clears throat> yeah, it's weird that place. You can feel really comfortable one minute. And then next minute, it's like it, it. It could be one of the worst days you spend uh, at a racetrack.
2: In a cup car, our cars were, you know, turn one was really tight, yep. uh, balance wise. Um, the getting a car to rotate and turn there was tough. A lot of braking sometimes, yeah. uh, but at each corner was turned better and better, freer and freer. Like four, okay. four was where you could, you know, if you didn't get through four, you were in trouble because most people could get through there pretty good yeah. and yep. carry down the front straightaway. So in an in an Indy car, it's more. Based on air direction, wind direction, yeah, that's going to affect the balance of the car throughout the four corners of the racetrack more than anything. Yeah, um, what are the? Um, I see when I'm watching that race happen, drivers find themselves in these old sh*t moments when they when they unintentionally put themselves in a bad position behind a, behind the, the car in front of them. Yeah, what is happening there?
4: Most of the time, it will just be you know lack of grip you know and then you'll then so you'll like a run, giant switch yeah you know the car loses hundreds of pounds of downforce you know and and if you hit that at the wrong point of the corner or you know how much you know wheel you've got in the car to what attitude the car is in general um you know can mean that it's going to get super loose or you're just going to understeer and pancake the thing so <laughs> you know it's 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 always about anticipation right like knowing where to lift at what point, you know, especially in turn two coming over the crest, you know, you kind of want to give it some, you know, a little bit of a breather before you get there, just so that the car's kind of settled and you're not kind of jerking it around and, and making making it, you know, kind of pitch sensitive and things like that. So, but, but those are kind of things you're thinking about every corner, every lap, like yeah. you, you're trying to look for the compromise that's going to get you to the end of the race before you have to really race for it, you know? So it's, it's, one, you'll know how the car's balance wise has been through most of the stint. and Then you're trying to work on it and make it better for the next one, and, and things like that. But you, you know, you learn to compromise in the right spots. But it's it's never, it's never an easy thing at that place. Do you I have mean, some of the tie this, dig has become a lot more for us too now.
2: Do you, that, which is a good thing. I yeah, think. I mean, we big love time. that in racing in our stock cars. Um, do you find those same aerodynamic challenges at road courses?
4: Uh is it such a big deal not, yeah, when a car is in the wake of another car? Oh yeah, like anything with with uh, you know wings, man is is greatly upset. You know, I like it's why F one, you know, the racing can be so bad sometimes. It's it's such a big car now. Do you that the wake off it <clears throat> is just horrendous? Do
2: the do the drivers in IndyCar Car uh, complain about the package? Do they complain? Yeah, I mean there was a period where there's like four. Drivers five year- Drivers yeah. always complain, man. Right. <laughs> so there is like this, oh man, we need to do this, we need to change. There's rumblings, right? Yep. Underground, under under you know, undertones of uh, this needs to change, that needs to change, can't, you know, cars bad in traffic, things like that. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's uh <laughs> which I think, you know, IndyCar is pretty proactive in finding ways, but you know, it's it's normally always a cost effective way to, you know, blah, 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 yeah. try and help this. You know, tire testing I think would help. We don't do a whole lot of tire testing anymore, which you know I think was was probably you would find big gains.
2: What about the new idea of having multiple compounds? That what? It, what was the? What was the?
4: Uh, where is it? I think maybe one of the short tracks, yeah. right? The uh, oh, I think uh, where? No, it's at um, St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. Yeah,
2: not Iowa. No, Are y'all running there?
4: I think it's St. Louis race. Right, uh-huh. Maybe I think so, we get a couple of. Uh, Maybe it's two sets. we yeah. get one for the race, and, or maybe two, and you can use them how you want for qualifying or anything like that. So, so
2: you'll have a softer compound laying in the pits for the race, <coughs> in an oval race. What is what is why does that matter?
4: I don't know because we've never really done it. Nobody's no. going to test it. Um, you know, you just kind of kind of turn up and, and and see where it goes. Like, a, do you, know, you have
2: any idea how much faster it would be?
4: No. Not at all. Like, we could probably, once we get to that portion of the season, we'll simulate the heck out of it, right, and figure out, you know, what we think it's going to feel like. Um, But you don't know where the dig's going to go. You don't know how uh, important it is going to be strategy-wise, at what point of the race to do it, how long it's going to last, exactly. So, it's... it's, uh,
2: Everybody in the motorsports world will be paying attention to this, particularly like NASCAR. Because they're, I mean, not that we're, not that that's a thing we could produce immediately, but... We'll all be watching. It's yeah. you know, it's an oval. It's it's never been done before.
4: We were meant to do it last year, and I don't know why it kind of got scratched. I don't know if it was a production thing yeah. or whatever. But I think it, I think it's a good idea. Some of the the tracks that we struggle with now for multiple lanes, you know, it, I think it's definitely something we should do. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk of running overtake at some of these tracks too, which, I, you know, when like you're push, adding like a push sixty seventy horsepower.
2: What do you mean? What's over, what do you mean? Yeah, like overtake, which attack. is the push to pass. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. They've been talking about adding that to short Had over, y'all ever had ovals. that? Not on a short track. Only on road courses. Okay. We have it on road courses. Most of them, uh, all of them. You know, whether it's 150 seconds or 200 seconds of it. But uh, which which helps with racing. The only problem in in the formula right now is that the the person in front has it to defend as well. So it's kind of <laughs> it's a bit of an oxymoron. But he has moment. the same amount of time as you. <clears throat> yeah, push yeah. to defend. We call it.
3: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, which so is how
4: when you of, get to lap cars because they
3: just they so, just keep pushing it. So they're gonna they're going to implement it. or There's talk and rumors. They've about talked it about it, the it, but I think tracks.
4: the the biggest issue there is just the safety. You know, yeah, an oval yeah. an oval is a lot different. You could be getting to the corner ten yeah. plus miles an hour faster. You know, yeah. especially if everybody's pushing it. Once you're going to get to that, like, well, who's going to lift and who's going to turn? And you know, you just add to, to how big the accident's going to be. So, I think the tire thing is a is a great idea, and and you know we'll see how that plays out. But but. Uh, yeah, I think they because we're going through a portion of hybrid too, right? That's coming for next year, so hybrid will be a big topic for for what we do at Indy Five Hundred as yeah. well.
2: That's gonna be hard for. That's gonna be hard for, um, you know, old long term fans, myself included. Like it's coming, I know it's coming. I will embrace it somehow, some way. But it's like I don't understand it. Yeah. And so I think they're like, how do you? You know maybe you're not ready to answer that just yet, but like how do you help somebody understand like it's a good thing and
4: it's efficiency right like yeah. you' you're just you're kind of going with the movement of the world right yeah. you know kind of you know the e v thing is its own thing hybrid to me is makes the most sense because yeah. it's the best of both worlds uh and it kind of charges itself it's it's just efficiency right yeah. it's just how you just it's a it's an energy motor. Yeah, how they create the energy is is you know going to be interesting. I think for I, a lot of us for the next ten I, years.
2: I know, and I wonder like how you'll you know I don't know about you, but my mind works off of net, of sound, right? Yeah. RPM, yeah. all of those things, and as that sort of stripped away, like how do I understand? Like what I'm doing.
4: <laughs> yeah. Like, Speaking you know, a different that, language almost. And a lot of them are just, you know, like I have I had a Tesla years ago and like it's just a single gear too, right? Yeah. So it just it just keeps accelerating. You're like, where's the shifts? And right. all that kind of stuff. So it's it yeah. is it is weird, but it's exciting too, because the technology, like even now with IMSO, you know, we just we just ran the twenty four hour with Cadillac and that's a hybrid. You yeah. know, it's it's a seamless one, whereas the IndyCar one will be you know, you regen will be done by the driver, deployment will be done by the driver, whereas the others are seamless, you know. So it's it's going to be interesting to, to see. It's going to be a lot of controls, right? You know, you, you're constantly trying to hold a paddle, then deploy one, then you're doing gears at the same time. You know, I think their the first insight of it, they thought it was pretty easy because, you know, Formula E... Do that all the time, but they mm-hmm. don't have any gears. So,
2: what we talked about, you know, you racing other things outside of your IndyCar um, world. What you're in your race fans, so this is a good question. Um, when you watch racing, you know, tell me a car that you would love to drive
4: that,
2: I think, you, that you'd love to experience.
4: Yeah. I think the sports car stuff is, you know, I'm living one of those dreams, especially mm-hmm. going to, you know, I think they announced yesterday going to Lamar in a car that has the chance to win the outright you know previously i've done it with the ford gt program which was a ton of fun but you're still your, racing in your
2: schedule is going to allow you to go to lamar
4: yeah and garage
2: 56 didn't call
4: you <laughs> uh, I was already tied up. I was already tied oh, up. That's gonna be a fun Who uh, are you gonna ride with? Who are you racing with? Someone with uh Ranga, uh Van Zani and and uh and Sebastian Bordeaux. Uh-huh. So oh, they'll wow. be our three. So I've got I've got a French driver on the car, which is <laughs> definitely always a, a big help for Phil Yeah. Um but yeah, they're taking chips taking two cars, um, which, you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. There yeah. is a little bit of challenge, you know, getting the hypercar and the the hybrid uh categories to. to supposedly go for the outright one have you
3: tested it have y'all been testing
4: yeah we did we started testing since probably july of last year and then we did the 24-hour race this year which we finished third but but uh yeah it's it's uh it's it's a very complicated car there's a (laughs) lot of things going on a lot of things but yeah that so i don't know always a bucket list item for me is probably you know supercar at, at you know bathurst Mm. You ain't done that? No. have you? I'm I've sure done the 12-hour in a GT. Okay, a, in so you drove around it, raced yeah. around it. Yeah. yeah, which you know, I went to a bunch of times when I was young to watch the Up the, to the, the rental car the around the right race. There. Oh, you have. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a wild track, man. It is the wildest track. Yeah. Like yeah. there's not
2: another track like it.
4: I actually spun, I don't know if you know, the corner that goes kind of onto Conrad Strait. So you, I think, I don't even know. What, uh, I, you know Albon, I don't know. See, so it's the left-hander onto the, so the right-hander, the fast right-hander, yeah, which is bend, fourth yeah. gear. I spun there. <laughs> I did a full 360, landed at at the apex of the corner, and continued on. Because when <laughs> I was spinning, I'm like, "Man, yeah. I'm going home." Yeah. Like, it was That's only the, the first practice. I'm like, yeah. "This is the end," because it's going to be a big crash. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, spun around and, and yeah. Yeah, that track on. to
2: me is like at the top of of you know when it, it comes to ta- talking nerve and and nerves of steel and guts and bravery. There's yeah, not wild. a track that compares. Yeah. The ter- whole it's downhill so section man, is yeah. is. I mean, all of it. it nuts. Yeah. Nuts. It's wild um so you're i know you're only 42 but you know when do you start thinking about how to wrap this up uh i, d- I don't know i don't think are you one of those guys going to be driving competitively uh at 80 years old i hope Still so fast i hope so yeah.
4: you know whether i'm getting paid to do it at that point <laughs> is probably something totally different but like, you drive forever yeah like i man, i i love driving like yeah. I, it's the whole reason why i got into got into it at, you know it's it's um there's definitely a lot of complications along the way and you know um time management becomes you know difficult i think with yeah. a family and and you know then you've got different uh you know categories that you're jumping into and things yeah. like that but but you know yeah. i um I, I love it man i, I love think racing
2: th- i think why that question
4: i think uh, why i asked that question is because in
2: nascar we race 40 races yeah. in 40 to 42 mm-hmm. weeks so like yeah, you know, you're you're thinking, good lord, I can't do this forever, right? Yeah. You can't. And yeah. and and um <clears throat> but you on the other hand, and a lot of other people that have sat in that chair, you know, the the schedule that you have has a little flexibility in it. Yeah. You can travel, you can go you can take the family here and there, you can do you can live you can live the life you want to live and continue to be a race car driver.
4: Yeah, I couldn't imagine you know doing like in my younger years for sure and mm-hmm. you know without uh you know, maybe family and and stuff like that. I think it would be a lot easier to do. You know, the 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 workload that NASCAR does, but it's it's impressive. Did you
2: ever talk to Juan or anybody that raced, came back to Indy that raced over here? And yeah,
4: he loved it. To, like yeah. Juan's similar, man. He just loves racing. You mm. know, he 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 loves racing everything. And right. you know, another guy that you know went from IndyCar to Formula One, then Formula One to NASCAR, and then back to IndyCar. Like he's he's kind of and a bunch of sports cars in, in the intermediate part and and you know i think his family at that stage were an age they were in an at an age that travel was was pretty easy as well so yeah. you know it's uh yeah i couldn't imagine going that direction now it'd, no, be, it'd yeah. be tough it'd yeah. be tough but I you know maybe i'd really enjoy it my wife brought it up and i'm like are you sure that's really something you'd be wanting to be a part of too you know like of doing f- 30 to five, <laughs> 40 weekends a yeah. year, you know, like it's, 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 it's a brutal schedule. Yeah.
3: So, okay. You've got a seventh championship to win this year. Yeah. Who's keeping you up at night right now. Thinking about who's going to, who you're going to have to race to get that.
4: No one really. They don't worry. They, no, none of them scare like you. I th- I, no, I think you, you know, the, the important part of that is you can't focus on anyone. I think, you know, there's, there's so many. Uh, you know I think for rivalries you know Penske I think you know I think if I think' it just sort of stat where you know maybe the last 10 years it's been one of our teams you know that that whether it's chip or, or, or Roger that have that have won the championship um, you know you know you're going to have to go through them to to win for sure and and you know power did a phenomenal job last year I think to, you know, his temperament was definitely changed from previous seasons, and and you could see that play out, and, and, you know, he was a true champion last year, he played it extremely well, so, you know, he's going to go in with a bunch of confidence, I think, from from what he learned and what he did last year, you know, Joseph's going to be strong, McLaughlin's a, you know, new young stud, and thankfully from New Zealand, which is pretty cool, Um, you know, our team's going to be, you know, Marcus has got a ton of, you know, uh, I think positivity from his 500 win and Alex is, you know, young and hungry and a past champion. And, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I don't, you know, I guess the, the short answer is you can't single anyone out. You know, that's, that's the problem. You just got to going of focus on your own stuff.
2: When we were running, when the, when the world was, um, on the sidelines and we were having the virtual races, yeah. um, did, were, were you part, were
4: you doing all that with us or no? I did a couple of the IndyCar races. Yeah. Did you, or did you? I did Indi, I did Michigan. Michigan, yeah, yeah. I, well, mine crashed like at the start line of Michigan. We, yeah, we had a big wreck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the yeah, very beginning. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. then I could never go again because, it, I think it might have been the time when they implemented where you could actually repair the car. Yeah. But my repair wouldn't work, so I was so, out of it.
2: I remember um, really being taken aback by how chatty they all were with each other, <laughs> yeah, and um, and how Will was uh, was on everybody's <laughs> ass pretty good <laughs> about he, everything. Yeah. Yeah, he
4: he was uh he's a character. He's a character. So what man. kind of relationship do you have with him? Uh comes and goes, you know. We've we've uh <laughs> we've had our moments. So I'd say we're in a good spot right now. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've had some I remember St. Louis one year like it got down to the end of the race and I went up and I think I finished second or third and we had a pretty pretty uh, fierce battle, especially through 1 and 2 at one point. And I was like, "Hey, congrats, man." And he's like, "Nah." You know, F you, and I was like, (laughs) What? I'm like, What are you talking about? And he's like, Well, you know, you kind of crowded me. I'm like, Man, I didn't like go back and watch the replay, but it was, I knew it was about something else, you know, and, and, uh, it all turned out it was about some media thing I'd done. You know, he probably doesn't want me talking about it, and I apologize now, Will, but, but, uh, you know, it was, it was bad dad jokes. I was doing something that was for car and driver or something, and it was, um, you were telling bad dad jokes. Bad dad jokes, and it was um, what what petrol or what fuel does you know Will Power's car run on? And the the punchline was um, are so lean. <laughs> and he's like, man, you were talking you know you're talking smack about me, and I'm like, yeah. no, it, man, it was just j- a joke. But I thought you know with Will he gets very deep, and I thought we were going to I is? thought we were going to fight because yeah. I'm like, man, you are giving me a look like this is getting pretty aggressive right he's now. He's volatile, like, yeah, but uh, yeah. I love Will. I love his passion. You know, <laughs> very he's, passionate. he's a, a, a hell of a driver, okay. uh, super fast, and and uh, what he did last year was was very special. But the, the, this is, you know, the ups and downs of all the IndyCar drivers. I think you know you kind of but 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 Will yeah, Will you, keeps to himself mostly. I think.
2: Does I was wondering so with everybody living, you know, everybody kind of you know from different worlds um, are there any of the guys in the series that you connect with and that you you know you, you might you know might vacation with or, or keep in contact with
4: um, current Al- yeah probably Fe- like Felix Rosenquist yeah. spent a lot of time with him TK um, kind of the old guard of you know maybe Marco and you know Dario and you know a list of those guys like I still Dario is still part of our team and works and but he yeah. lives in England we don't get to see each other as much as we'd like but yeah, I, you know, it's definitely changed. You know, it used to be where I would say 80% of the field would go out after the race and, you know, you would, you would you know, have some fun. Yeah. Um, a lot of the new guys don't like to drink. A lot of the younger guys, like it's, you know, you kind Healthy. of see. Yeah, it's just a generational yeah. shift, whereas, you know, I feel like you've kind of, moderation at everything right you know it's it's, uh you gotta you gotta you gotta enjoy life like racing is one thing you know for me and 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 especially with the family side of it 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 snapped me out of being totally obsessed with racing you know and and diving down that hole that was going to be pretty ugly and you know my wife is such an amazing person and you know uh, so positive um you know finding your soulmate is definitely life-changing as well And, and she changed that all for the better and having kids and just being able to, after a bad weekend, walk through the door and, you know, at that time with two little girls, you know, play with, you know, Barbie dolls and not really think about racing. I think was, was definitely a life changing moment for me for a positive to help my career as well. So speaking
2: to you girls, I wanted to talk to you before we, before we close this up. Um, you're, you have, uh, you have a program, Women in Motorsports, that yeah. you're you're a, you're a part of, yep. which I think is really really cool. So, um, I got <laughs> I got two little girls, two and four. You've been there, and you know whatever they choose to do is what they choose to do. But I would like for some way to at least open the door for them to say, Hey, take a look. You know, yeah. look around. Right, yep. what's yeah. the possibilities for you in motorsports? And if they would, you know, if there was any way that they ever found a uh, interest, man, I would love to have an opportunity to, to help them um, realize, you know, what what's possible. Yeah. And so I think that's what this program's about.
4: Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't know who actually came up with the idea. It was probably, you know, probably Chip, but you know, PNC Bank, you know, the the primary on the nine car you know, and, and Chip Ganassi Racing, you know, run this internship program for women in motorsports. And, and, you know, it kind of, it ran really well last year. We had five interns. Um, we wish we could have kept all of them. But I think, um, you know, there were many kind of moments through that, that, you know, being a race car driver and performance-based, you know, you're kind of seeing different conversations going on, different questions being asked, which is helping grow the team. And on a, on a selfish moment, you're seeing it as a performance gain, right? Uh, but the the kind of the the penny drop part for me was was just you know at Indy this year and and Tilly my youngest who's who was I think she would have been ten or eleven at the time you know it's like who are these women that are you know working on the stand or working on the car because it was it was definitely different from what she had seen previous years mm-hmm. you know and and to to see her ask about that and I was like well you know they've got a program where they're they're trying to make uh, or not make but have women be a part of of what is mostly known as a male-dominated sport. You're lucky, you know, with your sister who's been there for a lot of your life and worked deep in, in you know, this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not common, right? And right. I think that's what, you know, uh, PNC Bank and, and Chip have tried to do. And, you know, you of course, you see different versions of it. But for me now, I can see with, with Tilly or even Poppy that they're like, wow, I could, you know, I could actually look at doing something in this sport. And that's, you know, that's what, I guess all of us wanted out of it. Yeah. Um, But then on the the performance side and just, just how the conversations change, you know, when it's not just a a room full of men, um, I think is, there's a positivity to it as well. There's a whole vibe that kind of changes and it's been, it's been pretty powerful. And a pretty quick change, I think that we've seen just in Alpatic alone, uh, which is which is impressive.
2: I think that's great. Um, I you know when we go to the racetrack and the little dirt tracks that run around here, there's a lot of girls racing yeah. uh, in in the sprints and so forth. And I'm like, Isla, do you see her? Do you yeah. see she races? You know, yeah. and, and she's like, I can see her trying to put it together because <laughs> she knows her cousin, uh, or, or, yeah, cousin Wyatt, and think you know, she's seen me race, and yep. so to be able to introduce her to that. That reality yeah. is a lot of fun, so yeah. I imagine you're really enjoying that. Um, well, man, i uh, I want to thank you for coming. No, I know you got a lot of things going on in your life. It's and, race week,
4: man. Yeah, it's race week. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited.
2: Well, we're excited for you. We're going to be paying attention this year and looking forward to what you can accomplish. Uh, you're going to be hard to beat. Um, but we are lucky to have had you come on the show and sit down and talk to us. It's uh, been something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've never had a chance to really get to know you or sit down and yeah, have any, yeah. have any time with you. So this has been a big privilege, uh, for everybody in the room. And,
4: uh, I'm the lucky one, man. So it's, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours and obviously what you've, you know, you've done through your career, but it's, it's definitely, uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I've, Thought this was kind of a long time coming in weird ways, but but it's uh, it's great to be here, and I'm very thankful that that you guys oh, got me on.
3: Before you leave, go pick out a car you want to race in Bristol. There's lots of cars. Yeah. yeah, go pick one out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, write your name we'll, on it. We'll get one. it ready for you. Let's do, Let's, do <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. You
4: you can call Chip, okay? I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> he's gonna be so mad if after this. He's takes. like, "What are you talking about?"
2: If that's all it takes. I'll call him up. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you, Scott. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Scott Dixon on the Dale Junior Download. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out, check, check. Dirty Mo check, Media. Out, check, check. check out Dirty Mode Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.